Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. God bless you. Let's all stand. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask him to bless this Bible study here today. Let's pray right now. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor, the glory. Ask you, Lord, to speak to us here today, God, whatever thus saith the Lord, give us revelation. That your name may be uplifted. We thank you. We love you. We give you all the honor, the glory. God, give us a teachable spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody give God a round of applause. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I just want to go over a few things with you. Amen. The church has been growing and um, people are also being fruitful. Uh, and there is fruits that are in the church. Uh, and I just appreciate everybody that's growing spiritually. Amen. Um, the Bible tells us this. The Bible says, uh, the harvest is plenty, but please pray for the laborers uh, because the laborers are few. And uh, it doesn't say just to get anybody. Uh, you can't just get any laborer from, you know, down the street to do the job that God wants us to do. You can't just get any person, you know, like from Home Depot or anywhere else, Lowe's, to do the work of the kingdom. You know, you can't just get somebody and put a body in there and say, okay, you already know what to do. It has to be a skilled laborer. So you have to be skilled in order for you to know how to deal with a harvest. So the Bible says, let's pray. Don't pray for the harvest. Pray for the laborers that they get skilled in what they do. So you have to learn to go ahead and know when to plant the seed, what time of year to plant the seed. You got to know when uh, to water it, how to water it. Amen. Do you soak it? Do you not soak it? Uh, do you watch it? How often do you watch it? I mean, do you go back and visit it? Do you go back and see it? Do you take care of it? Amen. But you're also expecting a harvest. You just don't plant it and walk away. So you got to expect uh, for people to have uh, knowledge, understanding of the harvest that's coming. And uh, that's why the Bible says to pray for the laborers, because you just can't get anybody to come on in. Amen. So you just have to pray for people to use wisdom, understanding for the kingdom of God. Can you say amen, church? Amen. So I know the Lord is, is, is picking up people, amen, bringing them to the position where God wants them to be in this church. And uh, people are being used of the Lord tremendously in, uh, in gifts, in the spirit, in the spiritual realms. God is just, is just so powerful, and I thank the Lord for that. So I did want to talk to you a little bit because on Sunday, um, how, many, how many remember Sunday service? how powerful it was on here, that it was just so amazing, that it was just, it was just overwhelming. The Spirit of the Lord was so overwhelming in the house of the Lord. It, just, uh, it was just amazing. We hadn't had a service like that in a long time. But I want you to understand that um, part of it was because um, the, the Spirit of the Lord was here and um, it moved upon some people in order for them to prophesy and uh, speak in tongues in a different kind of tongue, in a diverse kind of tongues. And basically what we want to bring to you is to educate you just a little bit so you can understand that it's okay for uh, these things to happen in the church. I don't want you to be ignorant of the things that are happening in the church. So we want you to understand that it's okay. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's okay. So the Bible does talk about it. If we go to Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, the Bible does talk about when Peter is prophesying to them uh, in the book of Acts, and he tells him in the book of Acts, uh, verse 17, in chapter 2 of Acts, in verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And then it says, And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and my servants upon, on my handmaids I will pour out upon them, um, I will pour on those days 
my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So the prophecy, the, the prophetic word that comes forth in some of the, the people that are not ministers or not uh, pastors or whatever position that you have, you don't have to have a title in order for the Lord to use you in this way. So I want you to all to understand that when God starts to use you, it's a tremendous thing because you're being um, open and available to what the Lord wants. And it's a different kind of tongue when you start speaking in other tongues for the word of uh, prophecy for edification of the church. So the Bible tells us that here, uh, if we go to John, I'm sorry, let's go to Luke chapter 3, verse 16, uh, we'll, we'll have some kind of idea of, uh, of what the, the word of God comes and starts to speak to us and tell us. Um, here John tells us this. In, in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered and saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh and latches to those shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So the Bible tells us that first of all, John is uh, right in the prophecy that he gives. When a person gives prophecy, sometimes the Lord is not giving him the full picture, but he is giving him the prophetic word. Does that make sense? You're getting the prophetic word, but he's not giving him the, he's giving him the picture, but he doesn't have the full picture of what it is. So when John prophesied here, he says, I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He was actually talking, uh, and this is one of the reasons why he sent two disciples over to Jesus to say, uh, there's no, there's no fire. What's going on? What's happening? Is this the one or do we wait for another? So because he prophesied in this way, the prophecy was for the, uh, end times. For when the Jewish people go through the tribulation period, they're going to go ahead and go through the tribulation period and they're going to be baptized with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And this is talking about in the tribulation period, not right there and then. So this is why the Lord will give them the prophetic word, but it uh, and he'll give you an insight to what the prophetic is, but it won't give you the whole full picture. Can you say amen, church? So if we go to, um, let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 2 and 5, the Bible tells us that, um, that Nathan is telling... Um, and Nathan goes to David and he talks to David and David tells him, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to build a house for the Lord. I have a house. I'm wood. It's made out of wood. But the house of the Lord is just made out of tent, of curtains. He says, man, I'm going to build the house of the Lord. I'm going to do something great. And in some cases, Nathan all of a sudden just said, hey, you know what? Go ahead. The Lord's with you. Do what you have to do. But then even though he said that, the Lord speaks to Nathan that night and tells him, thus saith the Lord, this is what I want you to tell David. And he gives him instructions word for word of what to do. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible tells us this. Let's go to Second uh, Samuel chapter 7 and verse 2. It says, And the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said unto the king, Go do all that is in thy heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord, thus shalt build me a house for me to dwell in. So the Bible tells us that here, even though he came to him and the Lord uh, showed Nathan, go ahead and do what God wants you to do, the prophetic word came to Nathan afterwards. And then he said, okay, now this is what God really wants you to do. Can you say amen, church? So there's going to be people that are going to learn how to prophesy. There are going to be people to be sensitive to the spirit of the Lord. And it's going to be an awesome thing, a powerful thing. I just want you to understand that you got to do it correctly. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, do it correctly. Acts chapter 21 and verse 10 and 11 and then verse 13 and 14. Let's go to that one. Amen. Acts chapter 21 and verse 10. The Bible says this. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judah a certain prophet named Abagus, 
And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound him on his hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews of Jerusalem bind the man and oweth this girdle, shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Then Paul answered, What meaneth ye the weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready to be bound only not uh, to be bound, not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we cease saying it, and the will of the Lord be done. So this is what happened. The prophet Abigail comes to to uh, Paul and he tells him, "Look, the Lord, the Holy Ghost is showing me something. The the, the Holy Ghost is showing me." That if you go into Jerusalem, they're going to kill you. They're going to bind you. They're going to take you out. He says, um, he's, he's telling them, don't go. So here you have Luke. You have uh, his daughters there. And they're all telling them, look, the Spirit of the Lord is telling us that this is what's going to happen. And they keep telling them, don't go. Whatever you do, don't go, Paul. And he's telling them, it's okay. Uh, the Lord is with me. The Lord already showed me. As a matter of fact, if we, if in the book of Acts, when the Lord actually called uh, Paul, he said, I've called him so that I can, uh, so that he can suffer for God's people. That's the reason why he's even called, so that he can go ahead and suffer. So the prophet, the problem was, is that the Lord showed Abigail and showed the people partial of the prophecy of what was going to happen in Jerusalem. But it wasn't the full picture. And this is why Paul said, wait a minute. Um, you know what? I understand what you're telling me, but God already showed me I got to go and I got to do what I got to do. So here God will give you a partial of what is happening and you'll prophesy, which is great and awesome, but it's not the full thing. So you can't own it and say, I said it, this is what is going to happen, so you need to follow it. Can you say amen, church? Does everybody understand that? Okay. So the Bible tells us that here, uh, he says to them, look, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to be bound, not only to be bound in prison, but I'm ready to die for the gospel's sake anyhow. So you need to recognize that my calling is not your calling, and whatever I go through is because the Lord's already going to put me through it. Can you say amen, church? So this is him saying all of this and explaining to them, but yet, was it untrue? Was it uh, untrue what they seen? Of course not. It was true of what they seen. It, they, they seen the partial prophecy, and it was actually true. And it wasn't, Paul wasn't going against what the Lord was showing. The Lord showed him completely everything that he needed to do, but showed Abigail's part of the prophecy. Does that make sense? Amen. So can you tell, turn to your neighbor and tell him amen? So I want you to understand that here, when God speaks to you, it's going to be so powerful, so awesome, so great. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us uh, in John chapter 3, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of the Lord, everyone that is led of the Spirit of the Lord, is like the wind that bloweth. It bloweth here, bloweth there. When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he told him, told him, look, the wind bloweth where it listens, and thou hearest the sound thereof. So is everyone that is led of the Spirit of the Lord. So you're supposed to be led of the Spirit of God. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're supposed to be led. You can't, that's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct your path. Can you say amen, church? Amen. You're supposed to be led of the Holy Ghost, and not just leaning on your own understanding of what you think is right in the eyes of the Lord. So I want you to understand that here, you're supposed to be led of the Spirit of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're supposed to be led of the Spirit of the Lord. You're supposed to be led of God. You're supposed to be led of the Spirit of God to guide you and direct you. According to Proverbs 3 and 5, it tells you to acknowledge uh, um, to 3 and 6, Tell you to acknowledge him in all his ways, in all your ways, and he shall direct your path. So he's telling you, you got to start acknowledging him, and he'll direct you on what you need to go, what you need to do. Instead of asking Kiki and Lili and Cece and everybody else, you should be asking the Holy Ghost to guide you and direct you on what you should be doing. Come on, it's all right. You can give God a round of applause. It's okay. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. So I want everybody to understand that here, when God starts to do something in your life, it is so powerful that it takes you to the next level. Uh, I was here, and when that started to happen, all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and said, this church is going to a next level, a next dimension of spirituality, which is awesome and it's great. But we need to be educated in this area so that people don't go off and get uh, go, go off in that area and all they do is prophesy, but don't live right. Can you say amen, church? All right, here we go. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, here we go. Okay. So we got to try the spirits and see if they're, uh, try the spirit and see if they're the Lord. That's why we have discernment. We have, we have discernment. We discern the spirit of the Lord. We discern what is there, what is not there. And this is why you're supposed to pray, get a hold of God, so you discern what spirit is there and discern what if it's right or if it's not right. And uh, one of the things that I want you to understand is that 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let's go to right there, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 27. It says this, it says, If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let him be by two or by the most three. And by that, by this course, let he, let one interpret. So the Bible's telling us that uh, on, in the chapter fourteen, he's going to Corinth, and Corinthians out of is, don't have no kind of order whatsoever, and it's very difficult for the church of Corinth because you have people that are getting up prophesying, you have people getting up in the middle of the service, they're speaking in tongues, and throughout the whole chapter, he says, "Look, if somebody comes in." And they don't understand what you're saying. And you're speaking in an unknown tongue. And it's very difficult. Will they not say that you're crazy or you're mad? I says, yeah, of course. Anybody would do that. Then he says, well, this is why when you, you need to prophesy and you need to start speaking uh, to one another. Because when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. But when you prophesy, you edify the whole church. So he says, look, this we need to start looking at what we need to do, and he starts putting things in order. As a matter of fact, when he starts putting things in order, he starts to say, listen, uh, this is the things that you should do and how you should do it. Now he's giving us the order and saying, okay, if there's somebody who's going to prophesy, what was going on was people were getting up prophesying in the middle. And then here they would, they would hardly even preach, and another one would get up and prophesy, and another one would get up, and there was no order in the service whatsoever. So it was very difficult for them, and yet they were trying to preach, they were trying to teach. He says, how, how is it that when you come to church, everybody got a song? Why, why is it everybody got a song? The men got a song, the women got a song, the little kids got a song, the juniors got a song, the youth got a song. Everybody got a song, and everybody wants to come up. You, you're not coming to church to, enter, to entertain the Spirit of the Lord. You're coming to church to entertain each other. Can you say amen, church? So in the, in the 14th, in the, in the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, he's telling them, look, you need to start doing things decently and in order. And one of the things that uh, he also says, he says, I want you to prophesy in, and I want to do it by two or maybe even three. So he says, look, if you're going to prophesy, that's fine. Go ahead and prophesy, but do it by two or three. He said, look, if you got a, a, a church, of 500 people, and you got people, each one of them prophesying, standing up, prophesying. You're going to be there a while. You're going to be there for a couple of days. Can you say amen, church? So you need to understand that here when he says, let's at least do it one, do it two, or maybe even three, and then judge. He's saying, okay, then judge it and see what is right, what is not right. See whether the, the, uh, the interpretation is correct or it's not correct. See, discern it, look at it, and judge it. And then we can go ahead and move on. He says, but stop at, stop at two or maybe even three, and that's it. And then go on and move on if you want to continue to move forward. That's up to you. But this is what he's saying. He's saying, okay, we got to do things decently and in order. So then when it comes to the end of the, of the chapter, the, the last verse, he puts, sums it all up when he says, the whole church has to be done and decently and in order, but I don't want you to stop speaking in tongues. 
I don't want you to stop speaking in tongues. That's for sure. Because there's a lot of people that say that chapter tells you not to speak in tongues. And that's not what the chapter is saying. The chapter is actually telling you to put it all in order and saying, okay, I'm going to have people prophesy. There's going to be people that are going to come together. You're going to need to do things decently and in order. And he starts to, he starts to explain because he starts saying, look, you're going to have a lot of confusion in the church when you don't explain it to everybody. You're going to have confusion. This one's going to get up. That one's going to think that they're in charge. You know, when somebody starts prophesying, all of a sudden you look at them as, as uh, a spiritual giant or someone, a pillar in the church, the Lord just happened to use that individual because they wanted to be used of God. They're seeking for the interpretation or they're seeking for interpreting uh, tongues. And they want to go ahead and be used in that area. And that's awesome. That's great. We encourage it. We encourage you to go ahead and be used in that. And ask the Lord to guide you and direct you in what you need to do. That's definitely, I encourage that. That's That's a blessing. When you can go ahead and what happens is God will start using you in a tremendous way and God will take you to a different level of your life. So first Corinthians, uh, I'm sorry, uh, first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16 tells us to go ahead and try the spirits. Look, check them out. See if it's for real. Let's go first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16 through 22 says rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Then he says, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, and abstain from all appearances of evil. So the Bible's telling us for us to go ahead and discern, look, but look at the prophecy discern what is right, what is not right. You just can't have anybody come in from the street and just say, hey, I got a word, uh, if we don't even know who the person is. That person has to be tried, has to be uh, faith found faithful. But yet I want you to understand that you, this is one of the reasons why we just don't hand over the, the uh, microphone to anybody. Because we know that that person needs to be faithful and they got to live right. They got to do things right. Not that the Lord can't use the individual. God can use anybody at any time. But I want you to understand that if it's going to come be here to edify the church, God wants some of you to grow in a spiritual way and be fruitful in order to bless the church and be a blessing to the church. Because we're supposed to help one another. We're supposed to be a blessing to one another. It's supposed to be helping one another for the edifying of the church, for the church to grow and edify so that we all come to one body of unity. So that's why the Bible says we need to help one another. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that the Bible tells us, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 38 and and 40 says, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Therefore, brethren, covet to prophecy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. So the Bible's telling us, look, you can continue to be ignorant, but I've explained to you through the whole book of, of first Corinthians chapter 14, what you should and should not be doing. And he's explaining to the whole church at Corinth, this is the thing, the order that we should be doing it in. And then I want you to go to First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. The church setting. Uh, the church setting in Acts. Remember, the book of Acts was where they were going from house to house. So it wasn't a big, a huge church. It was little churches. It's the same thing like our life groups. You, you go from that one. So if people were prophesying in those life groups... It would be from, I don't know, maybe 8, 10, 15, I don't know. But for every one of those, uh, for people to be prophesying in those, it was a lot easier, a lot simpler. But yet when you come to a church that has 500, 400, and everybody starts prophesying, wait a minute, it's, it's, it gets confusing. So I want you to understand that this is why there has to be order in the house of the Lord. So if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 8, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brother, I would not have you ignorant. 
you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto the dumb idols, which cannot hear. It's not a dumb idol, but it's dumb. Even as ye were led, wherefore give you to understanding, uh, that no man speaketh to the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus Christ a curse. What he's saying is saying this. He's saying, look, you can't have somebody prophesy to you that's going to go against the Word of God. That's going to go against what God says. He said, you can't have somebody that has the Spirit of the Lord get up and start prophesying and say, yay, yay, the Lord don't love you. You with me? That goes totally contrary to the Word of God. So you can't have somebody get up and say, this is what the Lord is saying, because we know it's a false prophet. And we can discern that and say, look, the Word of God is a guide to us. The Word of God is the guide. It's the measuring stick of what we measure spirituality to. And if we get the Word of God, now, if you don't know the Word, and somebody prophesies, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good, then you're going to be deceived. Does that make sense? So you need to know the word. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you need to know the word. Can you say amen, church? So you need to know your word. So some of you don't know too much of the word of God, so you need to memorize scripture and start knowing what the word of God talks about. So if somebody comes, you can discern, you can see, you can feel it and say, wait a minute, this is not right in my spirit. Something is just not right. Can you say amen, church? Or you can say it, and you know what? This is of the Lord. It's so powerful. It's so awesome. God is about to move something powerful in this place. And you start discerning what God is doing and takes you, even takes you to the next level of spirituality. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that he's saying that nobody can come in and prophesy that goes totally against what God is doing as far as for scripture is concerned. Scripture is our guide, is our regulator. It's our, our measuring stick of what we're doing. And I want you to understand that the Bible tells us this. He says in, um, in this verse, he says, Wherefore, give you to understanding that no man speaketh of the Spirit of, of God, calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diverse gifts but the same spirit. And there are different administrations, but the same Lord. And there are divers uh, of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with raw, with all. For it, for to one is given by the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, diverse kinds of tongues, uh, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Uh, but all these worketh that one and the same self spirit, uh, dividing to every man servo as he will. So his ability. Does that make sense? So the Bible's telling us you're going to get gifts. The people of God are going to get gifts. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're going to get gifts. You're definitely going to get gifts. The problem with that is most people think they're unworthy of getting gifts. I'm here to tell you, you're not worthy. You are unworthy. It's by his mercy and his grace that he's giving you those gifts. You got to bypass your feelings and your emotions to go and tap into his mercy and his grace. Because it's by his grace and his mercy that you're doing what you're doing. Can you say amen, church? It's not by your goodness. It's not by how much it's, man, pastor, I study two hours every day and the Lord's going to use me. Can you say amen, church? Man, I pray two hours every day. I know God's going to use me. It, it, the Lord will use you. And I'm here to tell you that it's not by your works. It's not by what you can do, by your righteousness and what you think is right. So the Bible does tell us about speaking um, and prophesying. So it tells you 
uh, that there's going to be some giving the word of wisdom, some knowledge, some diverse kinds of tongues to interpret those tongues. Amen. And I want you to understand that that happens in the church. Now, I remember there's a sister that came in and would talk to me and tell me, Pastor, she would have dreams about people, um, brothers and sisters in the church. And she would come in and she would tell me, Pastor, uh, the Lord is showing me this about this brother. And she would tell me down the line what it was. And I would say, okay, sister, no problem. She goes, I don't want to tell him. Can you tell him? I said, sure. I'll call him in. Called him in. I told him, brother, a sister came in. The Lord revealed to her this, this, this. And he said, yep, all of that is true. So I was like, okay, so do you want to repent? Do you want to do this right? So then she goes, yeah, you know what? I'm going to change it from this day forward. So God will give people gifts of the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and uh, interpretation. And God will do those things. So for the edifying of the church to help and uplift the church to a different level of spirituality. It's not to put them down and degrade them. Oh, you know what? I'm up here. You're down there. Can you say amen? You have that attitude. You're, 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 um, your spirit is all wrong and it's not going to be right in the eyes of the Lord. So if you're there to help the person to uplift them and take them to the next level of spirituality, because the Bible says you that are strong, go to the ones that are weak, considering your own self. If you were weak, how would you want somebody to, to address you? And help you. So then I want you to understand that the Bible's telling us for you to help the other individual to come. Now, I want you to understand this too. If people don't want help, that's on them. That's a whole different thing. People need to speak up and say what's going on in their life. And just because they're not saying anything, amen, they're saying, okay, well, I don't want to deal with it. You know that the Bible says, confess your faults one to another so that you can be healed. I'm not saying nothing, Pastor. I'm not going to say a word. I ain't saying nothing. So the Bible does say, go ahead and confess your faults one to another. He didn't even say the Lord is going to heal you. He said, confess your faults one to another so that you can be healed. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that God wants us to edify one another, help one another, to lift us up, to take us to the next level of spirituality. So I want everybody to understand that God wants to do something great in your life. So the Bible all goes, goes on to say in this, in this one uh, that he gives people gifts. And then he goes on to say in the same chapter, he goes on to say that we're all one body. And in this one body, uh, the, just because you're not using your pinky toe, doesn't mean you cut the thing off. You say, I don't need you right now, so I'm just going to cut you off. I'll get you later. He says, no, because everything hurts the same way. He says, some of you think you're less of, and then God, then the, 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 the chapter says, uh, Paul says, look, God gives strength to the weakest ones. And that way they can continue on and keep moving forward. As a matter of fact, you give honor to the ones that are weaker. He says, you don't just go over there and say, okay, the hand, just because the eye, um, the eye is not the hand, you don't tell the, you tell the hand, okay, I don't need you anymore. He said, can you imagine if we were all eyeballs? He said, we wouldn't be able to do nothing. Nobody would be the hand, the feet, nobody would be anything. So here he says there's different people in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ, and you have to learn how to deal with differences. you got to celebrate differences. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, celebrate differences. Just because they're different from you, that should be a blessing. Just because they're different should be a blessing because they don't got the gifts that you got. It should not be a curse. It should be a blessing because they're going to have gifts that you don't. Did I get intimidated when the sister came and told me, Pastor, I had a dream? Of course not. I understand 
that it's for the edifying of the whole church. If the Lord didn't reveal it to me, that's great. Just reveal it to her. If the Lord's not revealing it to this brother, reveal it to the other brother. Or reveal it to that sister or that sister. Let the sister have that word of knowledge. I'm fine. No problem. It's all for the edifying of the body of Christ. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that it, we're here to help one another. You gotta, you have to be careful with the attitude that you have that you're saying, oh man, I know their life. I know the way they are. Okay. What was the first attitude? What was the attitude? Uh, what is the first thing that David's brother said to him? He said, hey, get out of here. I know who you are. I know your naughtiness. I know what, what you're all about. That's the very first thing he told him. You know what? I know, it's, I know what you've done. I know what you're doing. I live with you, remember? I know you. You ain't got no business here. You ain't got no business in the, trying to come against the with our army and trying to do... What are you doing? The very first thing he tried to tell him, look, try to put, put down what God has gifted him with. He tried to put it down the very first thing. People are going to try to put down what God has gifted you with. But you got to recognize that it's from the Lord. It's not from them. It's from the Lord. It's from God. So I want you to understand that when God starts to use you in a tremendous way, it's so powerful, so awesome. You have to be careful, though, because we don't want to get so sensational and so off on left field that people are always coming in prophesying to you and telling you, and then by the time you know it, you start following that person. Can you say amen, church? I want you to be careful with this because people can get off on left on, on left, you know, left side over here. And there's some people on the right, there's some people on the left. But they can get too spiritual that they're no earthly good. They're so spiritual that even they're even too spiritual for Jesus. So I'm here to tell you that even Jesus went to the prostitute, went to the woman in the well, went to Nicodemus, went to them. He went to individuals. And talk to them on their own level. He didn't get so spiritual that he was saying, you know what, you can't, you gotta come up, you gotta be like me. He, as a matter of fact, he served them and he washed their feet. So he became a servant. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that you can't have the attitude that you're so spiritually minded that everybody's beneath you. That everybody else is way, way lower and you're way higher. You know, I've been in this thing for a little while now. So, you know, these people are still green behind the ears. If you have that attitude, then something is definitely wrong. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that be very careful. Uh, so just don't let anybody come in and prophesy. The person has to be proven in our church. There's some churches that there's a, uh, a gatekeeper, uh, a person that kind of filters out the prophecies. There's some churches where if you have a word, you go to the gatekeeper. He's assigned as a minister. He's somebody there that's assigned for the whole church. And they tell him, hey, you know what? I got a word from the Lord to prophesy. And they, and they tell the person, and that person goes and filters it out and says, okay, you know what? You go ahead. You can go on up and, and do it. You just can't have anybody come in off the street and say, hey, I got a word. You know, for this church, I don't know who you guys are, but I got a word. We don't know you either. So the guy can leave here, go drink and everything else. And then his testimony is shot. But we're not saying the Lord can't use him. I'm just saying his testimony is so powerful because the, the testimony, the Bible says they were overcome by their testimony. So your testimony carries a lot of weight. Your, your testimony yourself carries a lot of weight. So you have to have a relationship with people just as much as you got with God. You have to have a relationship with people just as much as you have to have with God. You don't have a relationship with people and you only got a relationship with God. Something's definitely wrong with you. Can you say amen, church? Because you're not looking. Because the Bible says they were created in God's image and in God's likeness. So if they were created in God's image and God's likeness, you're supposed to be treating them like the Lord. He says the ones, whatever you do unto them, you've done it unto me. So if you give them water, you gave me water. 
You, you dressed them. You, you dressed me. You went and visited me in jail. You visit them. You visited me in jail. So their image is God's image. That's why the Bible says, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them, spitefully use you and persecute because they're created in my image and in my likeness. Can you say amen, church? So you have to be very careful on who you judge and how you judge it. Prophets were prophesied and they would prophesy in the Old Testament, Jeremiah and Isaiah. They would prophesy and they would come to pass. And it was so powerful. These men, Nathan and all these prophets would go ahead and prophesy to King David and tell him what thus saith the Lord and how God was going to do it. Is it higher than the word of God? Of course not. It's, it's almost like uh, the word of God is almost like a gauge, a level of a scale of what you should and should not be doing. And one of the things that I want you to understand is that when somebody starts to prophesy and starts telling you, it should correlate with the word of God. It should go hand in hand with the word. You shouldn't have a question to say, is that of the Lord or that's not of the Lord? It should enhance what God is already speaking or what God is already saying. On Sunday, uh, what happened was, as I was preaching, uh, a sister comes to me afterwards and tells me, Pastor, my tongue changed. When I was uh, speaking in tongues, my tongue changed. We read in there that we're going to have people uh, that are going to have the gifts of and interpreting tongues, diverse kinds of tongues. When you receive the Holy Ghost for the first time, everybody speaks in other tongues. But when you, in, when you have an interpretation, the tongue is different. And this is why the Bible tells us interpretation of, of diverse tongues. Because there's two different kinds of tongues. And this is why I'm telling you when somebody receives the Holy Ghost, everybody needs to speak in other tongues. That's the evidence of having the Holy Ghost is the initial evidence. But when somebody is going ahead and speak another and uh, interpret the tongue, that's different. The Lord starts to use them in a different way. And this is why it's kind of like foreign to other people and foreign to some church members because they had never heard of it before. I remember sitting there in, the, in our old church, in the Church and Family Life Center, and people prophesying, getting up, speaking, uh, and what would happen is they start speaking in a tongue that is absolutely different to everyone else's. And what happens is the whole church gets quiet the way it did on Sunday. And then all of a sudden, uh, there's either going to be an interpreter there that's going to interpret what they spoke in tongues, or that person's going to interpret what they spoke in tongues about. God will give them the interpretation. Can you say Amen. So then what will happen was once they give the interpretation, it should correlate with the word of God, what either was preached or going with the word of God, which is the word of the, the Bible of what it's saying. So it should correlate together. So here on Sunday, the sister came to us and told us, but what I did in the process is I told everybody to lift up their hands when I should have told everybody, just go ahead and be quiet for a second. Let the sister speak in tongues and just see if there's an interpreter. Does that make sense? So I just want everybody to understand, it's going to come to pass again. Why? Because when I was up here, the Lord spoke to me and told me, this church is going to go to another level and another um, another uh, destiny of where God wants us to go. So I want you to understand, it's going to happen again. And it gets powerful. It gets It gets really, really powerful. It gets so powerful, and I want everybody to understand that it is it is real. It happens today. The Spirit of the Lord moves, heals, delivers, sets free. It does it all. It, there is no, we don't have no limitation on God because God, the God that we serve can do anything. Can you say amen, church? We can do anything. The ones that you have to be very careful because people sometimes are always following a word. <laughs> the pat, you have all the ministers come and preach. You got, um, Lifeline. You got Brother Johnny. You have Brother Cervante. You got Brother uh, James. You got Brother Lino. You got the pastor come and preach. Preach the word of God, everything, and it's powerful. And then you, you still say, I still need another word. I got to go get another word. 
brother, brother uh, so-and-so is coming from Texas. Oh, my gosh, he has a word for me. So all the word that all the ministers spoke here was out the door. That don't make no sense. You have people that are sensationalists always looking for a word, always looking for something else, looking, oh my gosh, I got to go to this town and I got to go over here. I'm not going to be in service, Pastor, because I got to go over here because they're going to be having service over there and they're going to give me a word. That don't even sound right. Can you say amen, church? Because the Lord brought you here. He brought you here for a reason. And the Bible says, I'll give you pastors after my own heart to teach you a word of knowledge, help you to understand what the word of God says. So you've been brought here for a reason. Don't ever lean to your own understanding. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you too. Don't ever think that God is going to put you in a situation that you can't get out of. Look, it. if the Lord would have called us to Beverly Hills, I said, let's go. You want to know why? Even though everything's millions of dollars, the Lord would have provided for us because he's sending us there. Period. That's what the Lord is doing. He's going to send us there. If God, God was going to send us to Malibu, hello. Dukes, here we come. Everybody got it? The appetizers, the calamari and everything else. Dukes, here we come. But I want you to understand that if God would have sent us there, he would have provided for us because he's sending us there. He's the God that will provide for you. I said, he's the God that will provide for you. Don't ever think that God <clears throat> is saying, okay, this is what I have to do because of economy. That's ridiculous. Because the economy of the kingdom of God is totally different than the economy of the world. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This economy is different. This kingdom is totally different. And the Bible says a carnal man can't understand the spiritual things. That's why they go with the carnality. So I want you to understand when the Bible tells us that you're going to prophesy, you're prophesying so that you can edify the church to take them to the next level of their life. And when you start speaking, it's to edify the church. That's what it's for. According to 1 Corinthians, I mean, uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It's to edify the church. It's to help the church get to the next level of their life. So you don't have to go ahead and prophesy negativity and prophesy. We had a brother in, in Lifeline always wake, always getting up, prophesying uh, every every uh, service. I don't know really, you know, I don't know um, how the prophecy really works. If you speak in English or you just speak and say, yay, yay, saith the Lord. I, re I really don't know. Because there's some people that say, yay, yay, saith the Lord, and then they prophesy. And then I've often thought, well, why can't they just speak in English? I mean, just say it, just say it, you know. I don't know if they want to get more biblical, or I really don't know. I, have, I don't have the answer for that. I don't know, and I'm not making fun of that. I'm just telling you. I'm just trying to express to you that it's okay for you to have that gift and for you to go ahead and use it for God's honor and God's glory. I want you to use it. I want you to, to use what God has given you. Come on, let's give God a round of applause. It's okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I just want you to ask the Lord to tap into things where the Lord wants to show you. Some of you have the gifts, but you're not using them. Some of you already have a gift that God is trying to show you, but you got to start using it for God's honor and glory, exercising it. Some of you already have that. You have that gift of discernment. You got that gift of knowledge. You already have that. Some of you got the gift of wisdom. Man, you pick up on it so fast. And some of you got to understand 
that God wants to use you in these areas, it's okay for you to start exercising what God wants to use you in this area. And believe me, we're all unworthy, but it's by God's grace and God's mercy that we're here today, that God's going to give you that gift. It's not of our own doing. It's not of your own power, your own knowledge, your own wisdom. No, it's God's wisdom. It's God's knowledge. It's God's power. It's God's anointing. So don't ever act like it's yours. That's why you got to be careful when you start doing it because you got to know that it's of the Lord. And if the Lord gave it to you, you got to be careful with the gift that God has given you. Can you say amen, church? I'm going to say this and then I'm out. Turn to the neighbor and tell him he's out. Okay, here we go. <laughs> a gift, a gift God will give you. And in most cases, he won't take it away. Let me give you an example. <laughs> Satan is Satan. But God gave him a gift of music. He didn't take it away when he cast him down. So he still has the music. My point that I'm trying to get across is God will give you a gift. Be careful. That's why we're supposed to watch and pray. Seek the face of the Lord. Make sure that we're right. That's why King David says, search my heart, Lord. See that I'm, see that I'm okay with you. Search it on a daily basis. Search my heart. Make sure I'm doing things right in your eyes. Can you say amen, church? Everybody with me? Everybody understand? Amen. I hope some people got enlightened today and understand just a little bit more about what the Word of God says about you prophesying. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Uh, the gifts that God can give and bestow upon you. Amen. So I want you to understand. Pray. Ask the Lord to guide you and direct you because it's going to be edifying for the church. Let's all stand, church. Amen. We want to pray for those gifts right now. We want God to go ahead and start uh, you start you to start exercising what God has given you because He already knows what He's put inside of you, and it's up to you to let God do what He has to do in your life—an instrument for God's honor and glory. Amen. Amen. Let's pray right now. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor and the glory. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace.